0: Happy Holy Octave of Christmas, and today is the Feast Day of the Holy Innocents. Amen. Pray for us. Uh, also, this is the Terry and Jesse Show, where both of us are reporting for duty. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. And Terry. and Terry
1: Barber in service. I am the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. And I'm just happy to be here to talk about Jesus Christ and how He is the way, the truth, and the light. Jess, yep. you've got some things yep. today that I my favorite topic, Just picked this out. It's a beautiful article about praying for the souls this Christmas, you know, the octave of Christmas. And we're quoting two doctors of the church, St. Alphonsus Liguori and St. Teresa of Avila. We wait to hear what she ha, and he has to say about mm. praying for the souls at Christmas season. Also, I'm embarrassed to talk about this next topic. I am. But you know what? It's the facts. It's got to be done. It, yeah, it's about the American bishops... <clears throat> and how they made $3 billion, Had they pay out, okay, six sex abuse settlements, and they're going to get all the money back by trafficking illegal immigrations at the taxpayers' expenses. That's why they're doing it. We're going to explain that, and it's sad to have to point that finger there, but uh, it's a fact. And also, after that, we've got our good friends from Church Militant. And I want to mention something, Jess, maybe you hadn't seen it, but Church Militant had a Christmas caroling with their staff. Oh, I,
0: it was wonderful. <laughs> I
1: thought it was awesome. So I want yeah. to encourage
0: people. They got good voices,
1: too. I know. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, where did these voices come from? Man. Yeah. So I just, uh, I think this is always good. We love singing. We've been, we sang Christmas carols before mass this morning, again, yeah. for 15 minutes, just letting it out. So it's good stuff. Octave of, of uh, Christmas. But Jesse, before we um, get to the soul food, you always have the, what we call the need to know file.
0: Yeah, one of the needs to know file is uh, I just want to mention that uh, Father Frank Pavone, again, he's a priest of forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Yep. His father, Joseph Pavone, just passed That's away right. early this morning <clears throat> at the age of 90. I can imagine probably the stress of what happened to his son probably yeah. was enough to throw him over the edge. Yeah. And so <clears throat> you can uh, express your 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 well wishes and send prayers to the family. Uh, you can send your condolences to the family by going to mail at priestforlife.org. Awesome. Mail at priestforlife.org. Uh and also any donations that anybody wants to give in in uh, in Joseph Pavone's memory can be made to priestforlife prolife prolifedonations.org dot org. Also another thing just on the need to know file I'll go about Father Frank Pavone. He, he's he's uh, a uh he's he says that the next Pope can reinstate me. Mm-hmm. So this pro-life Roman Catholic priest, who's been defrocked by the Vatican, said his hopes of reinstatement could rest with the next pope. Father Pavone, the national director of priests for life, was stripped of his religious title and powers and returned to the laity mm-hmm. with no official status in the church. And here's what he said: He goes, "The idea that any of this is permanent in terms of dismissal from the priesthood is simply incorrect, because we're going to continue." Uh, he said. Good. He said, "Then there will be a an next pope, and the next pope can reinstate me." He says, we're not going anywhere. I'm not going to be one of those people that walks away, rebels against the church. I'm called to be a priest. I'm going to stick with that. I'm called to be a pro-life leader. I'm going to stick to that. Good for him, Terry. He's not He's oh, not committing he spiritual suicide well, like a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, they commit spiritual suicide and leave the church and become part of the Sedificantis movement and and just re- re- just really make a mess of, the, of their lives, Terry.
1: I think he gives a good example for marriage couples. When they run into rough times, you ah, don't just run away. You see the analogy? Really good. Father Frank that's says, good. I'm not breaking from the bride of Christ. I love it. Hey, Jess, wow. another good news story. Bishop Robert Groose has instructed all parishes in his diocese to sever their relationship with the Campaign for Human Development, not Whoa. to give any money, the whole diocese. And he said, and I, and I quote this because it's Bishop Strickland. He says, thank you, Bishop Aggress. Uh, I pray that all bishops will join us in defunding wow. this evil corruption. The Campaign for Human Development could be doing tremendous work if it was guided by the truth of our faith. This corruption must be stopped. and It has been ignored for too long. That's what Bishop Strickland said.
0: But good news. Yeah, let me give some soul food here. Yeah. Today's uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 18. And mm-hmm. just want to remind people today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Yep which commemorates the death of the male children in Bethlehem that were two years of age or under, King Herod had ordered this in order to ensure that the infant Messiah, sought by the Magi, would be enabled to, dis- to displace him on his throne. And so on this day, we're reminded as well that all lives are precious, and it's our responsibility to protect every life from the moment of conception to natural death, And we also have to pray for the conversion of our own King Herod, whose name is Joe Biden. Let me read today's gospel. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod. That what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi. He became furious. Mm. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem. In its vicinity two years old and under. In accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said through the, through the Jeremiah the prophet. Quote. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled since they were no more. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: <clears throat> Let me quote to you one of the church fathers. His name was St. Chromatius of Aquila. Saint, he, he wrote about the Magi story in 407 AD. Isn't that
1: incredible.
0: Yeah, 407 AD. Here's what he said in the hobbly. He said, After the grave transgression of Egypt long ago, and after many blows had been divinely inflicted upon it, God the Father Almighty, moved by godliness, sent his son to Egypt, so that Egypt, which long ago under Moses had paid out the penalties owed to his wickedness, might now by accepting Christ receive the hope for salvation. How great is God's mercy shown by the advent of his son! Egypt, which of old under Pharaoh stood stubborn, And rebellious against God, now Egypt has become a receptacle and dwelling place of the Son of God. Well then, all the babies were slain in Bethlehem. When these innocents died on Christ's behalf, they became the first martyrs of Christ. And and King David is shown to give an indication of them when he says in Psalm 8 verse 3, From the mouths of babes and nursing babes, you have perfected praise because of your enemies, that you might bring ruin to the enemy and the avenger. Close quote. The father of the church, Saint Chromatius, says: For in this persecution, even tiny infants and nursing babies are killed on Christ's behalf, and attain to the martyrdom of perfect of perfected praise. The wicked king Herod is destroyed. He who had usurped the realm to avenge himself against the King of Heaven, thus. It is that those infants not unfittingly have stood forth as blessed in all ways who deserved to be the first to die for Christ, our Lord and Savior, to whom is the praise and glory in the ages of ages. Amen.
1: Amen. Jess, I'm going to ask you a spiritual warfare question about abortion right now, brother. Even though we got Sheen coming next. I want to ask you, the devil seems to be... Working hand in hand with the abortion industry. If I think about this, and and
0: the Biden administration. And the Biden administration.
1: But think about this the babies never get baptized. Isn't that what the devil is really after? I mean, in other words, yeah, you kill the body, (laughs) but it's the spirit that those babies would have been baptized, many of them. Am I onto something, Jess?
0: Terry, and and this is a huge debate in the Catholic Church that's never really been settled.
1: Well, I can, we, I, we, go ahead. Yeah, that's a yeah great be, Conversation. Be, I just had one like
0: that. Yeah, because uh, again, even even the new Catechism. When you go to the new Catechism, right. it doesn't it doesn't give a definitive teaching on where unbaptized nope. babies go. It right. doesn't. We don't. It doesn't, yeah. because again, in the Middle Ages. Uh, Thomas Aquinas was the first one to address it you'll have you'll have the scholastics of the church they'll say that the babies they'll go into some natural natural, you know limbo-like existence but they don't have the beatific vision yes exactly and so you'll see at Vatican II they didn't they didn't they didn't even broach that and the reason they left that alone and Jesse
1: Jesse, the reason is is because the Bible is very clear that unless you're baptized you can't and get yep. to heaven, and so we have to understand: Can is it possible that God can work outside that? Of course He can, but yes. we've never defined it. That so you can't
0: assume it. So what I'm trying to say is the yes. devil, the devil sees this and says, "You're, yes. you're spot on with you, what you just said." <laughs> okay, that's the devil says, "You know what? If they're not baptized. I want to kill before they're baptized." Exactly. Again, God can do whatever He wants. Right. You know, baptism of desire. Exactly. Had they grown up, to, had they grown up, they would have been Christians. Yep. Baptism of blood. You right. don't know what God can use. Yep. But at least as far as the devil knows is concerned he knows that baptism is necessary for salvation so if he can cut them off at abortion exactly uh that's exactly his his goal uh and 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 we'll just leave the rest up to God Terry as the catechism says in the, in the new catechism we we commend those uh, babies to the mercy of God that's all that's all we can do
1: You got it let's get Fulton Sheen in before the end of the break yeah. Oh Sheen ahead it's about freedom <laughs> yeah. you have freedom only to give your heart away right To whom do you give your heart to? You give it either to the moods, to the hour, or to your egotism, to creatures, or to God. I encourage you, as Bishop Sheen would say, give your heart to God. Yes. Wow, full Sheen ahead there. Jesse, when we come back, are you kidding me? This is so important for your relatives and forever. Praying for this poor souls in purgatory during the Christmas season is highly efficacious. And we're going to quote two saints, two doctors of the church, mm. St. Alphonsus Liguori and St. Teresa of Avila. You won't yep. want to miss that, folks. You're, like I say, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. I want to thank all those social media people. Our numbers are going way up because of you. Keep sending our shows to your friends and relatives. That's how we grow. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and His Church. Welcome, Jess, back. Holy mackerel. Get it, Jess.
0: This is a good practice for the Christmas octave, the Christmas season. It's praying for the holy souls this Christmas. It's not too late to take a trip on Christmas gift-giving from two doctors of the church, as Terry said, St. Alphonse a Liguori, moral theologian, and St. Teresa of Avila. How do we do that? Well, you can help a soul in purgatory reach heaven on December 25th. It passed a few days ago. But also... Marking the eight days of the octave of Christmas, keep giving, keep helping through January 1st. It may well be that you're unfamiliar with the revelations of both St. Alphonsus and St. Teresa that say that most souls are released from purgatory on Christmas Day. I never knew that, Jesse. Not I, we, we, re, we, we did an article on this a few years ago, Terry And that's where I learned it like right, five maybe years I ago I
1: just got a short memory, go ahead, brother
0: Yeah, because I remember uh, okay. we had a similar argument From Susan Tassoni, she's oh, yeah, a purgatory she's woman sure. Yeah, and she uh, So I, I read it from her, she also gave me her book Like five years ago mm-hmm. And that's the first time I read it as well Good. Susan writes, it seems The solemnity and the nativity Of the Lord is when purgatory Is least <laughs> populated I love it Huh. Then, too, it, it, it well may be that you're a little unclear on the church's teaching on purgatory. So here's what the CCC, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, says Listen up. Purgatory. This is important. Okay. Yep. And I'll tell you what's important. I remember one priest when I was back in California oh, after, okay. after Holy Mass story. one day, Yeah, go ahead. He said, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, during the homily, just a matter of fact, he says, oh, yeah, we stopped teaching purgatory after Vatican II. It's no longer part <laughs> yeah. of the church teaching. He was, he was a nice priest, but not well-formed. <laughs> right. So I waited for him after Holy Mass. That's when I was in my apologetics mode back then, like 20 years ago. And I said, Father Tony Doomer, I just want to sh- share something with you. Yeah, yeah, what is it, Jesse? A great homily, but uh, he, there was one misstep. What, what are you talking about? We still teach purgatory. It's part of the, t- the deposit of faith. You're kidding me. He said, no, I'm not kidding you. I said, it's in 1030, 1031, 1032 of the catechism. Yeah, he geez. goes, oh, thank you. So Now, he was... He was actually thankful that I, that I corrected him, not other wrestling. priests, that no, other no. priests, you know, wouldn't have take been... a hike. Yeah, they would have just told you to take a hike, but not him. <laughs> no. So here's what the CCC says. All who die in God's grace and friendship, and that word friendship comes from John 15, being mm-hmm. a friend of God, but still imperfectly purified are indeed assured of their eternal salvation, but after death they undergo Purification. So as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. Simple definition. Mm-hmm. The church gives a name purgatory to the final purification of the elect. Which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. F- the catechism continues from the beginning of the church. The church has honored the memory of the dead and offered prayers and suffrage for them. Above all the Eucharistic sacrifice so that thus purified. They may attain the beatific vision of God that is heaven. The church also commends alms giving, indulgences, and in works of penance undertaken on behalf of the dead. Let us help. Let us help and commemorate them. Let us not hesitate to help those who have died and to offer our prayers for them. Close quote. Terry.
1: Yep. Unable to pray for themselves, remember, unable to gain merit now that they're in purgatory. They're heavenly. the heavenly rely on they, they,
0: us. They heavenly, heavenly,
1: yeah. heavenly, heavenly. have a heavenly. Heavenly rely on us to free them. <laughs> What's their primary pain? They suffered the loss of the sight of God. Mm. After their death, they saw God, but now are unable to be with him. The saints tell us that's worse than any pain or suffering on earth. That's powerful right there. In a similar way, we keenly feel the loss of a loved one during the Christmas season. I know I still do with my mom and dad, my brother. I still think Mm. of them. So Mm. there's there's a natural aspect to this too. Yeah. So St. Alphonsus and St. Teresa of, of the of Avila are telling us that being an advocate for them by our prayers, we can help them in their pain into eternal glory. We can help them go home for Christmas. I love it. But yeah. what about loved ones already in paradise? Are our prayers wasted? Not at all. Tell us why, Jess. Let's
0: yeah. Go uh, again, go back to the catechism. It says this. In full consciousness of this communion of the whole mystical body of Jesus Christ, the church and its pilgrim members from the very earliest days of the Christian religion has honored with great respect the memory of the dead. And because it is a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the dead, that they may be loosed from their sins, 2 Maccabees 12, 46, the church offers her suffrages for them. In other words, this is the theology of the church supplies where we lack. Uh, our prayer for them is capable not only of helping them, but also of making their intercession for us effective. Amen. Quote. Their prayers for us and for others become more powerful. St. Thomas. Now, the, now we're talking here about the the, the saints in heaven.
1: Yes. And make that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You good
0: yeah. So the saints in heaven, uh, their prayers for us and for others become more powerful. As St. Thomas Aquinas called this accidental glory. Yep. And the lesson here is never stop praying for the dead. With all this in mind, we're going to share with you eight suggestions that you should do uh, to offer your, your, you know, offering your Christmas mass, Holy Communion and indulgence on that day that just passed. But this is something that you can remember for next year. Uh, So number one, stop at the manger next, next Christmas mass. And, and implore the infant Jesus to intercede for the most abandoned souls. Those of priests and consecrated religious, we tend to canonize them and cut, cut off too soon our prayers for them. Number two. Number
1: two, at home, st- say a decade of the rosary with the family members in front of the nativity scene. In simple words, explain to the members of your youngest generation why the family's doing this.
0: Three. In church or at home, Light a votive candle for all who have passed away. But perhaps especially those who have died since the previous Christmas. The burning candle is a sign of our prayer, a bright, silent intercessor for the holy souls. souls. And also, which added add, that Father Ripper also says that a blessed candle burning in the house, it's also a powerful sacramental to ward off demons.
1: Great point. Number four, say the eternal rest prayer before and after meals throughout the octave of christmas i say say it every day eternal rest grant unto them O lord and let the perpetual light shine upon them may the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of god rest in peace memorize that say it every day
0: and terry that's it's actually you know most catholics don't realize that that's actually an after meal prayer so if you're the average american and you're eating three times a day you should be praying for the holy souls in purgatory three times a day.
1: And you also get a partial indulgence for yes. doing that. People don't know that either.
0: Woo. So people are saying, what? It's an after meal prayer. Yes. yes. The after meal prayer. Always. It, every it, day. It, it goes like this. We give thee thanks Almighty God for all thy benefits who lives and reigns forever. And may the souls of the faithful <laughs> departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen. That's the Catholic after meal well prayer. Said. Obviously, you know, the before meal prayer. Bless us, Lord, for these nine gifts. Which So that's the before meal prayer, but praying for the souls in purgatory is an after meal prayer. So if all of us Catholics can resolve in 2023 to start doing that three times a day after meals. Can you imagine how many souls will be released from purgatory in 2023? Awesome. Number, number five, join your prayers with the intercessions of the holy souls in purgatory who are praying for their grieving loved ones on earth. No, the holy souls can't pray for themselves, but... Yes, they can and do pray for us still here on earth. Number
1: six, offer up the stress of the holiday season as a prayer for the holy souls. Well said. There's, there's definitely stress. You got to prepare meals. Yeah.
0: Yep. Offer that up to Jesus. That's right. And here's a good one. Find out about having Gregorian masses celebrated for a loved one who has died. Yep. Uh, here's a, a link to one uh, yeah. order of priests. It's called piousunionofstjoseph.org. piousunionofstjoseph.org. of Saint Joseph of Saint Joseph.org. But there's many orders out there. I know the M I C M Fathers. <clears throat> they offer the Gregorian masses. There's yeah. many orders out there. Uh, Opus Angelorum. That's there's, right. there's there's fathers there's of Mercy do it. The yeah, Fathers of Mercy. Uh, so, again, uh, you can you, you can pick from a dozen, but just do it. Just make sure you celebrate the Gregorian Masses for those that you love. Uh, and and in, in due time, somebody will celebrate the Gregorian Masses when you die.
1: Amen. Number eight, on January 1st, which is right around the corner, the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, join Our Lady in praying for the Holy Souls. Here's what Saint Faustina, another saint who received oh. revelation, wrote. Right, right. Tell us what she said, Jesse. This is this is, is right from her oh diary. My gosh,
0: yes. Paragraph twenty. Yeah. Okay. So, she Saint Faustina is going to confirm what Terry just read on point eight. <laughs> she said this quote: "The next night, I Faustina saw my guardian angel, yep. who ordered me to follow him. In a moment, I was in a misty place full of fire." In which there was a great crowd of suffering souls. They were praying fervently. But to no avail. But to no avail for themselves. Only we can come to their aid. The flames which were burning them. Did not touch me at all. My guardian angel did not leave me for an instant. I asked these souls. What their greatest suffering was. They answered me in one voice. That their greatest torment was longing for God. I saw. Oh this is is beautiful. Yeah
1: that's what I say. Go ahead.
0: I saw our lady visiting the souls in purgatory. The souls call her the star of the sea. She brings them refreshment. That's in paragraph 20 of the diary of St. Faustina. Uh. Uh, and, and, and you know, tell you what that reminds me of. Tell me, Jess. It reminds me of what the Bible says about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Saint Peter the first pope, he writes, it's in Second Peter chapter three. I forget which verse, but he says that Jesus Christ, that His Spirit went to go to preach to the to the to the spirits that were in prison. So Jesus Christ also went to go refresh. Remember, His body was laid yeah. in the grave. Yes, and His Spirit, He went to purgatory, the, the the Jews call it Sheol, the Greeks call it Hades, he went to purgatory uh, to tell them, I'm here, and I'm going to get you out. He brought them refreshment, and it's very interesting that St. Faustina now tells us that that's what Our Lady also does with the souls in purgatory. She does exactly what her son did yep. in Second Peter chapter 3, brings refreshment to the souls in purgatory. I, I tell thought you, that's be- that beautiful. that is beautiful.
1: One thing my wife does when uh, we have the Christmas season, she gets the ties into the novena of masses for the living and the dead. And she always puts all of our dead relatives. Man, we got a list of people that's yeah. long. And you just yeah. include them in the masses for the novena for Christmas as a tradition, because it fits right in with what these two saints are telling us to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this, this is the advantage of being a Catholic. Oh, yeah, huge. I, I mean... Think about this, and you know, I don't want I don't want to be a downer, a Debbie Downer here, but as most, let's just say, a well-intentioned Protestant who who, who makes a perfect act of contrition before he dies and right. confesses the confesses the fact that uh, he didn't know that uh, yeah. the Catholic Church was the one true church, or he yeah. would have he would have embraced it. Lots of them, yeah. So let's just say a, a Protestant of goodwill makes a perfect act of contrition and dies in a state of grace. Terry, a lot of them have nobody to pray for them in purgatory. We got a because huge advantage. Protestant family members don't believe no. in purgatory.
1: they they think once saved, always saved. That's I'm, the advantage of being a Catholic. Exactly, what a huge advantage. When we come back, wow. we're going to talk about the bishops and their expenses and how they're involved with this illegal immigration and taxpayers' expense. Stay with us, yep. family. Yes, just to make a quick note here. Yeah. I can't believe how many people text us during the show. Uh, I mean, my, sex, my cell number six six one nine seven two seven eight seven two. 661 I got a text from a, a priest named Father Frank Pavone while we were on. Uh, yeah, he just said, uh, uh, hey, your analogy about uh, husbands and wives, spot on. I'm not going to get a divorce. I'm going to stay with the church. So wow. it's amazing how many people listen to this show, Jess. <laughs> and I'm getting, you know, from a call from hungry out in Europe right now, text saying, "Hey guys, I'm, I'm just." It just shows me people are hungry for the Catholic truth of the gospel, Jess. Amen.
0: Yep. And uh, we'll and we'll keep on firing these missiles of truth at the, at these wall of lies, Terry. Keep going. Yep. The American Catholic bishops have made, they've made back all the three billion dollars that they paid out in sex abuse settlements. How? They found out how to make money by trafficking illegal immigrants at taxpayer nah. expense. Very sad. One of the creepy ironies of abortion is that the U.S. has imported in sheer numbers virtually one immigrant for every American child aborted since 1973. Wow. V- very interesting. That's around $1 million per year. It's almost as if our country and its economy needed those people after it shipped them to, you know, after it shipped the, the dead babies to their medical waste dumpsters, it dumpsters, had to find them in foreign countries, stripping entire cities and their families of fathers. Well, likewise, the U.S. Catholic bishops and organizations they have control have made back from the government via nonprofit contracts, processing immigrants, every dollar they were forced to pay out for enabling the sex, sexual abuse of children. Yeah. That's right. The church has not gone broke from the three billion or so in sex abuse settlements and damages because it collected virtually the same amount from Uncle Sam for encouraging yeah. immigration, legal and illegal, and providing those migrants services at taxpayer expense. Jesse, I love the term a red uh,
1: a red pill. We Catholics must choke on. We, we call it <laughs> red pill. It's like I can't believe the bishops are doing this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Jim Hoff's report at Gateway Pundit makes the sobering reading. It's a red pill, which we Catholics have to choke on. Let me highlight and comment on his findings, Hoff writes. And then Jesse, this is what blows me away. Yeah. During the Trump administration, Catholic organizations received an average of $212 million annually in federal immigration funds. Here comes, under the Biden administration, this amount mushroomed to nearly $600 million in 2022 a nearly threefold increase from the Trump years. Now, this explosion in the government funding corresponds directly to dramatic increases in illegal aliens crossing our southern border during the Biden's administration. It's out of control. Continue, Jess.
0: Connection. There's a connection. Absolutely. Were were you perhaps confused about why U.S. Catholic bishops such as Wilton Gregory of Washington were so bitterly anti-Trump? and so blase about abortion promoter Joe Biden. Well, just follow the money. Conversely, you can see a financial motive for bishops making immigration rather than abortion or religious liberty their primary issue for activism. Follow the money. Why? Bishops don't make a bounty for each baby safe from abortion. Exactly. They do make money when immigrants enter America, legally or not, that's why bishops treat pro-life activities as hobbies and fostering illegal immigration as the bottom line that pays the bills. Isn't that sad, Jesse, that we have that going right, on? But this,
1: this, this article is so, oh, so spot on. Spot on. It's it is. so true. He's, it's pa- yeah. so painfully it's painfully, true. yeah. An immigration business with the Catholic problem, the U.S. bishops' own organizations, only keeps its lights on with revenue from immigration. Hoff notes, he said this, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and I remember Jesse years ago. One of the bishops in the was being televised. He said, "Gentlemen, we must remember: over you know, large percentage of our funding is coming from the government. So let's not let's not cut that off. And be too, mm. too uh, derogatory towards them. We got to make sure that that's who's wow. giving us most of our funding. I I can still yeah. see it. It happened. Okay. So here's what he said: the UCCB, which lobbies the government. For ever expanding the migrant programs, okay, sit down everybody, receiving over sixty seven million in migrant related funding in two thousand twenty two it's the second largest source of revenue that year for the bishops, likewise, the UCCB spent sixty nine million in provide immigration refuge services. a figure represents forty percent of the organization's operation Expenditures. What happened to spending money on the salvation of souls, Jess?
0: It's not not important to most of them. If only saving babies or saving souls were similarly lucrative, we might see a very different church in America. Mm -hmm. In past decades, the church depended for revenues almost entirely on money we put in the basket at Mass. That meant that bishops and pastors would feel it in their pocketbooks if bad preaching, farcical liturgies, and a resulting decline in faith reduced the number of churchgoers. Laymen had some leverage over our shepherds via the power of the purse. No more, Terry, no oh. more. Because, because the goal is really to make churchgoers unnecessary. Yeah, this, is, this fits right into the Great Reset Globalist Plan. Yeah. Our bishops have made clear how little they need us when they clamored to close our churches during COVID. All of them were but shouting agreement with blue state governors who declared the houses of God inessential businesses. Instead, the bishops hoovered up PPP loans to keep their coffers full. Finally, they could realize, a long time perhaps in Conscious Dream, a church that didn't need any laymen and could keep on humming without us. Yeah,
1: Jesse, let me jump in. This model that they're using is actually better than the German church, which says you have to at least say you're a baptized Catholic to get the tax money coming in. The, The bishops have figured a way out where it's immaterial if you come to church. They're still going to get funded. Continue, please.
0: Furthermore, the decline in mass attendance and priestly vocations, thanks to the tepid liberal teaching and flamboyantly gay clergy, could be masked by the constant influx of immigrants from mostly Catholic countries. No No matter that those immigrants, too, would quickly drift out of the church, as millions do, mm-hmm. US Hispanics are no longer majority Catholic. Isn't that a. a what? Like soldiers falling in World War I, they've, they'd be quickly replaced with brand new recruits. Exactly. Preening as shepherds or bishops have turned out instead to be a lamb slaughterhouse and meat processing enterprise. How else do we explain the fact that some 40% of US born Catholics leave the church and never return? That's the sad part. But our bishops seem blithely, untroubled, and perfectly satisfied with themselves. It doesn't help that so many of our leading bishops were mentored and selected by child-molesting left-wing activist, ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, and his lavender sticky fingerprints are all over the U.S. Church. Terry?
1: while Enabling even more child abuse, the most disturbing data points a uh, point hoff offers is this one all right i hate to hate this is a sad the bishop's business in immigration to pay for their sex abuse settlements in fact enables more sex abuse of children he writes good point yeah i know but it's a sad point yeah. one of the unfortunate byproducts of opening the floodgates of illegal immigration and i just want to say jesse the catechism is clear Immig- illegal immigration is not permitted a church says A government has a right to regulate who comes in, who doesn't. It's called legal immigration.
0: Paragraph 2241.
1: Yeah, he got it memorized. (laughs) Illegal immigration has been a dramatic increase in the trafficking of immigrant children. Project Veritas, good group, recently released a report revealing how American taxpayers are funding child trafficking at the border. I don't want my tax money going there. Tara Lee Rodas, a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services whistleblower, explains that migrant children are being exploited for sex and labor, stating that government funds are being used to put children into the hands of criminals. Continue, Jess.
0: Gateway Pundit sifted through the $3 billion the church received from Uncle Sam for trafficking immigrants to include only the Unaccompanied Alien Children Awards. Mm -hmm. The program, specifically identified by Tara Lee Rodas as being most susceptible to child sex trafficking, Catholic organizations received over ninety-seven million dollars for this program in two thousand twenty-two, and a whopping seven hundred and sixty-six million dollars between two thousand and eight and two thousand and twenty-two. Now, now you know why many of the bishops are completely silent on the issues that the Democrats they uh, they put us front and center. Follow the money. Because you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you. Yep. And so, in the final analysis, the U.S. Catholic Church under direction, the direction of our bishops, is knowingly involved in the trafficking of illegal aliens. Whether knowingly or not, the Church is also likely involved in the trafficking of, migra- of, of migrant children, in which they're being exploited for sex and or labor. This will ex- eventually open the Catholic Church to both criminal and civil lawsuits. In an ironic twist, the Catholic Church has gained over $3 billion for immigration activities and also lost over $3 billion to criminal and civil suits <laughs> for the sexual abuse of children. Should it ever be discovered that the U.S. Catholic Church's involvement in the settlement of illegal aliens also involved the sexual abuse of children, the consequences would be devastating. It's coming. Hey, but at least our bishops and the Pope are protecting Catholics from the dangerous activities of <laughs> men like Father Frank Pavone of Priest for Life. Recently defrocked by the Vatican on murky and canonically illegitimate grounds, uh, with these she- with, sh- with shepherds like these, who needs coyotes? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. As, I, you know, here's the bottom line in all yep. this, folks. We we had a hard time having to go through this, but we wanted yeah. you to be aware of the corruption in the church.
0: It, it drives, it, me, to prayer, reason, exactly, it drives me to prayer, Terry. Exactly. That's where i was going, Jess. Yeah.
1: Prayer, reparation, making a put- atonement for these sacrilegious things that are going on. And again, you know, we.
0: Penance and prayer.
1: Prayer and penance. And, you know, our tax dollars that are funding these things, we can't control because we have to pay our taxes. I get that. But what we can't control is our prayers and reparation for these horrible things that are going on. And also, talk to your bishops about this. I, I think it's a good thing to bring it up because I noticed the bishop who talked about the Campaign for Human Development, uh, his name was Bishop Robert Groose. You know what got him to come out and say that? It was the Lepanto Institute report, Jesse. Lay people. Wow. And showed him and said, Look, what's going on? He said, Oh, you're kidding me. He said, Good Yeah. And we have to stop this. And we need to do the same thing here at Virgin Most Powerful.
0: Yeah, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Do not commit spiritual suicide. Do not let the devil, do not let human sin drive you away from the true church of Jesus Christ. We are Catholics because of Jesus Christ Amen. of Nazareth and nobody else.
1: Well said, we come back. Our friends from Church Militant will be here about the news and much more here
0: on the Terry and Jesse show.
1: Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a quick moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's
0: Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. Happy Holy Octave of Christmas. And remember, as Catholics, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hey, we've got Church Militant anchor James Fidaway. He's on with on the Terry and Jesse show. James, welcome. How are you? How's uh, How's things over in Michigan uh, with uh, the, our, our Church Militant family? I hope you guys are doing well. We are doing well.
2: It's a little freezing out here uh, last couple of days, but we're doing just fine.
1: Hey, James, I gotta tell you, I want everybody to go to your website, churchmilitant and watch the Christmas caroling of, of your guys. You guys did a guys yes. that was girl. outstanding. I said, where'd you guys wow. get those voices, man? It sounded so professional. Was <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I was I was actually kind of blown away at the uh, uh, the talent that we have in the studio. You know, really? listening to it on the on the record was was quite astounding i was like well, wow you know we, we can pull that off that's incredible no
0: you, you guys sounded like uh you guys are trained under a, what what's what's archbishop corleone's academy where they uh, teach uh sacred music terry i forget what oh, it's called, i can't but
1: think of it either I, I, i'm, I'm like,
0: saying <laughs> these guys they must be uh, they must be trained in 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 uh in sacred music yeah. under archbishop corleone <laughs> yeah. these guys are fin- you guys were great
2: we we have some guys here that uh go to, that chant at uh their church and they're just Great great voice oh,
1: yeah, yeah, i can
0: tell, yeah man yeah. Hey, yeah it
1: wasn't the amateur
0: hour, put it that way, yeah
1: you're going to leave that up during the octave of Christmas for our people to listen to, correct, absolutely, oh, yeah, 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 yeah all right, well, what's going on at church militant for the news
0: coming up, yeah, what's well, going on with uh, Pope Benedict the sixteen, yeah, I heard he's really sick, yes
2: uh, you yeah, you probably heard that he is uh falling ill right now, um. Pope Francis has obviously asked us to pray for him, which we certainly will. Uh, what I found interesting is that uh, he's uh, 95 years old right now. That makes him the oldest uh, to have been pope. I believe uh, Leo the died at 93, oh, so oh. Uh, he's top of the list right there.
0: Wow. Um, wow!
2: But yeah, I mean, it's certainly you know we we don't know exactly uh, what is like what is ailing him or or what, but uh, we just know that he's uh, having to be. Heavily looked at by, by doctors, sort of round the clock. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're, we're waiting to see what happens with that. But definitely keep him uh, in our prayers as, as he fights this disease or ailment or whatever's going on there.
1: Sure. You got yeah. it. Yep. Yep. So what else is yep. happening up in the news for tonight?
2: Yes, well, uh, we have uh, a another drag show oh. uh, showed up. Uh, this was a Christmas theme uh, in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, Florida actually said they, Florida, uh, I forget the uh, the department's name, yeah, yeah. but they said they're going to investigate what happened there because it seemed like this show just sort of showed up out of nowhere. They had like their advertisements and their website, you know, come here, buy tickets, whatever. And then they were just, they, they, they had their show and they were just gone. There was no trace of it after that. So uh, now Rightly so, the the uh, Florida uh, State Department of whatever is is trying to investigate that right now. Uh, but I, I just I, I think this is sort of across the board with all these different like drag shows and uh, uh, whatever, whatever they do story story hours where the drag queens queens read to the kids. They seem to just like pop up and then go away, like they just retreat because they know that what they're doing is going to be just lambasted by majority of the population uh, because uh, no one really wants to send their kids to this, except a handful of people. So yeah, it's just, it's just very like evil and malicious and very secretive
0: how they run these, these shows. (laughs) Here's here's something else interesting about these uh, drags, drag queen story hours. Okay. These are men that think they're women. So we're, we're talking about, this diabolical disorientation, yes. and they dr- they dress like nasty women. They dress dress like uh, you know uh, s- some barfly, uh, and-, and then they start. They also not only do they read uh, filthy books, but they also start gyrating their bodies in oh front of these gosh. kids in-, in-, in inappropriate manners. Now here's something. Here's something interesting. I looked up some of these drag queen s- storytellers that are fairly popular. They're Satanist on their social media. A lot of these drag queen, uh, s- storytellers on their social media accounts, they post satanic themes. They have satanic images. They have satanic clothing. S- well, I'm making the connection here. These people are Satanist. They're Luciferian and they're, and they're in bed with the same people that are trying to do these after-school programs, you know, where, where these these satanic after-school programs. Hey, well, leave your kids with us. You mom and dad, you, you can work, you know, till six or seven. We'll stay here after school and uh, read satanic coloring books. Th- this is the the full-scale assault of Satan upon our kids. It's all over our public school system right now.
2: Yeah, I, I, I... That's an interesting point, but frankly, I'm not really surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean, so these, these guys, these like <laughs> deranged guys, uh, the, the stuff that they do and the stuff that they say to these kids uh, in these shows and story hours and whatever, just they they have to be is being speaking. influenced by something. I mean, it's just,
1: yeah, it's not why, why,
2: why would you ask a kid if he knows how to twerk on camera or what, you know, it's just, yeah. it's yeah. weird. It's just insane what they do.
0: Yes. But,
2: yeah. uh, but moving uh, on, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the subject because, uh, frankly, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> but, um, moving to Ohio. a uh, So the Ohio is uh, trying to get these election integrity bills through. And oddly enough, these pretty common sense bills, uh, you know, having to show a voter ID to to go and vote uh, just seems pretty common sense. I think a lot of people would agree with that. But the Archbishop of Cincinnati actually put out a statement uh, saying that these bills would uh, came out against these bills, saying that they would um, disenfranchise uh, immigrants that uh, come over the border, uh, it, would, it would be to their disadvantage, uh, uh, leave room for them to be marginalized and possibly abused. My question with this was was why. Why are you saying that? I mean, th- this is just common sense. People should be able to vote in this country if they have a voter ID, and if they don't, I'm sorry, you can't. <laughs> but this, this guy, uh, Dennis Schnur, Arch- uh, Archdiocese of Cincinnati, Saying, you know, these these immigrants are going to be disenfranchised. My question was, why is he saying this? Well, I heard you guys actually before the segment came on talking about illegal immigration and the the money that the bishops rake in for that. Right, right. And that's immediately where my mind went. I mean, we know they get millions of dollars from the uh, federal government in grants to, uh, you know, Help these immigrants over the border, and then fly them to a hotel and incorporate them into uh, American society. So, uh, I mean, of course, he'd want them to, you know, feel at home, I guess, and and have the ability to vote and keep voting in the people that are going to give him money to, you know, keep bringing these people in. So it's just the cycle of, uh, you know, money that the bishops are going to get. So that let me
1: let
0: me I don't know for hit, sure. Let me add something to that thing i I go to got it jess here's here's what i want to add to that Uh, the democrats are are in in a few short years they will no longer need to steal elections like they've done here in arizona and other in michigan and other parts of the country because they're going to have the numbers now because here's Mm -hmm. what happens i'm going to just be honest with you these the people coming over from south of the border illegally they will all end up in public schools the parents are not steeped in the Catholic faith. They're they're what we would call low information Catholics or low hanging fruit. Their kids will go to public schools. Some of them will go to state colleges. Those kids in one generation, they will become woke secular humanist Democrats. And uh, the the Democrats are going to have millions and millions of new voters to vote them into office in a few short years, they'll never need to steal elections again. That's my prophecy. No, that's, Jess Romero's prophecy. Yeah, it,
1: it's, it's common sense. Look at look at what's happening. Yeah, makes sense, Jess. That's
0: yeah, fine. yeah, and that, that's why you know. Uh
2: when when reporters question Biden on the border or Karine Jean-Pierre in the White House, they really, they have nothing to say. Keep going. And they, they actually have the audacity to say there is nothing wrong at the border. Exactly. It's totally fine.
1: We're going to continue <laughs> to do what we did last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that it seems like that's exactly what they're going for, Jesse. I mean, they, they're not going to need to, like, you know, rig the machines and have, you know, shove dominion in people's faces anymore and, you know, like mail-in ballot, Scandals all over the place. They're not going to need to do that anymore because they will actually have the votes. <laughs> because people are only going to vote for the Democratic agenda if they're just brainwashed into thinking that you know Democrats actually care about them and actually have their best interests at heart. Uh, but they don't. And people need to wake up and realize that so we don't fall into just this black pit of despair that was once America.
0: Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you, it's, it's, it's hard to win. It's hard to defeat Santa Claus. Yeah. And that's what the Democrats have become. They become the party of Santa Claus. Just give me, give you know, they'll just give away all these entitlements. And again, uh, that keeps people, it, it keeps them perpetually locked in to this hopeless system of voting them in. Because again, people's base desires, you know, their greed and their sense of entitlement—it just keeps them voting for these people who are going to give them freebies.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that actually uh, leads me to uh, another thing I really want to plug really fast on our website. You know, people—you know—you know—we we can sit here and we can talk about this and we can, you know, you know, hypothesize and whatever. But the, things aren't going to change until people actually start doing something. And uh, I believe one of the shows that will best uh, prepare people to do that is uh, Red Top Report. Um, that, uh, is, is a great show and I think it really, you know, it doesn't, it, it, delivers the news, but it also tells people how to fight that. That's what we originally intended for that show to be, you know, red top report for the people. Um, and it's, you know, very much connected to our resistance arm as well. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to check that out if you're kind of, you know, like, yeah, I really want to do something. About this but I don't really know where to start I don't know who to go to or you know what like-minded people I can connect with Red Top Report is uh, I think great great place to start and then and then shifting over to resistance Uh, if you want people who are of like mind definitely go to resistance I've recently talked with some people from resistance they're great people um they know it's they know what's going on they're plugged in and they're willing to uh roll up their sleeves and and, and get in the fight so uh hey, how did, uh, how, did, how, did how did you come up with that name red top where did that come from <laughs> um that was uh gallagher's invention i believe it was sort of a play on his red hair okay that's what i thought yeah no game but i go off with, yeah
1: you're a good man thanks for joining us here on the terry and jesse show may god richly bless you guys we'll see you next week
2: Thank you very much, Jesse. Yeah, yes.
1: before Stop we on, hang yeah. up, I just want uh, Matt Arnold's coming on right after our show. Matt, are you there? Matt, why don't I'm you there? just tell why us in the next 30 seconds what you're going to be doing.
2: All right. Well, hey, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about here during the octave of Christmas, including uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the traditional the Latin Mass, what Padre Pio really said about the Holy Mass, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Good. generations wow. of Catholics. And, the,
1: yeah. and, and that's up next. Stay tuned to VMPR. If you can't get it on your station, get our app by going to vmpr.org. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother?
0: State of grace, brother. Don't live in a state of mortal sin.
1: Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Look what we just had to cover with the bishops. Make the sacrifices. <laughs> really, they need our <laughs> prayers. May God richly bless you and your family. Up next in that Arnold show, stay with me.